This is the primal scream of a dying regime. Pray for our enemies. Because we're going medieval on these people. You're just not got a free shot all these networks lying about the people. The people have had a belly full of it. I know you don't like hearing that. I know you try to do everything in the world to stop that, but you're not going to stop it. It's going to happen. And where do people like that go to share the big line? MAGA media. I wish in my soul, I wish that any of these people had a conscience. Ask yourself, what is my task and what is my purpose? If that answer is to save my country, this country will be saved. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Um, I vote I under duress. Um, I found out today that I have no choice but to vote I or I'll be arrested and charged with a felony. Um, I don't think that that is what our founders had in mind when they used the democratic process to elect our leaders, our self, former self-government. And I find that very disheartening. With your vote of four eyes and zero nays, you've approved item 1B. Anything else for the good of the order? Okay, welcome. It's Friday, 3 December in the year of our Lord, 2022. You're in the war room for the afternoon show. Uh, simultaneously, Elon Musk is coming out right now or should be coming out shortly with his um, – he's going to release – he says all the internal documents about um, the Hunter Biden laptop. And as you remember, we were the first – we worked with that for months uh, working with the New York Post uh, and Miranda Devine, Emma Joe Morris, that great editorial team there to release the laptop from hell. And um, we were very prominent. We were the first TV show to put it up consistently every day. Or eventually, we've never been on Twitter, but we uh, had a Twitter account, War Room Twitter account. I've never personally been on Twitter ever and would never go on Twitter. Um, and that was taken down because of the contents of the laptop from hell. So uh, we're going to be fond of that. we got Mike Davis. We have Darren Beatty at Revolver. We've got uh, Natalie uh, Winters, our executive editor, all on it. We're going to be talking about that at the bottom of the hour. we got to start in Arizona. Something extraordinary is going on in, in Arizona. And uh, quite frankly, we have two counties, Cochise and Mojave. It's uh, very, I think, up in the air how they certified or were they forced to certify this election? And what exactly is Arizona law, procedures, processes? Uh, what did they really work off of as far as the manual? And amazing, we got Carrie Lake and her team. We have Caroline Wren. We have Tom Van Flying. So a lot to get to. I want to start with an extraordinary story out of the Daily Caller. And I think the Daily Caller Foundation, Arjun Singh, is the reporter contributor that has an exclusive on really the emails uh, from Katie Hobbs's office and her deputy, the elections director, was it Corey Lorick? Arjun, just walk us through. Tell what is the story? Because it was pretty. It shocked. And remember, the whole world's watching this. We had Dave Walsh, our energy expert, on today. We're talking about, as we always do, this situation with energy in um, in Europe. And he made the comment at the end of it. He said, "Hey, the guys in Europe, he talks to in the energy. Everybody's watching Arizona. The whole world's watching." Not just in this country, the entire world's watching what's happening in Arizona. Can you walk us through your story, sir? Well, thank you very much, Steve. It's great to be here. And you're absolutely right. We should be watching Arizona, given that what's happening there is frankly unprecedented. All the people I'm talking to say the same thing. So after the election on November the 8th, the counties had to take about three weeks before they could sort of certify November the 28th, 20 days after the election is when they're supposed to do it. And Cochise and Mojave County, specifically Mojave, did not want to certify on the 28th. They wanted to wait some time. They wanted to do some due diligence, particularly Cochise. In Mojave County, they wanted to wait until the 28th so as to symbolically represent their displeasure with what was happening in Maricopa County, which is where Phoenix is. It's the largest county in the state and where there's an ongoing legal battle regarding the procedures that were followed in the election over there. And so as a result of that, Katie Hobbs, the Secretary of State of Arizona, who ran for governor, um, her deputy, Corey Lorick, who is the Arizona State Elections Director, sent a series of threatening emails and letters to the elected representatives of 
the Mojave County Board of Supervisors. She said that they would be sued, that they would face legal actions of various kinds. Their lawyers may face sanctions for representing them for not so voting to certify on November the 28th. And she even said that they would be criminally referred to the Arizona Attorney General's office for prosecution under Arizona statute 161010, which is a class six felony. It's a felony that's used to prosecute child molesters as well. And so that was what the threats were that Ron Gold in the video you just played talked about. And as a result of that, he voted under duress. This was also received by other supervisors, and they voted to certify on November the 28th. So they met their deadline, but at the same time, it was done in a manner that was frankly unprecedented. Arjun, there's been this controversy from the beginning about should Katie Hobbs recuse herself because of potential conflicts of interest. Uh, in your reporting, do you, is it possible that Corey Lorick sent these, since she's the deputy and the head of this, I think, state director for elections, is a direct report to uh, Katie Hobbs, the Secretary of State. Could it possibly be that she would send such a tough, these emails and the back and forth, when you're not just talking about, and we're going to get into sanctions in a minute, because this is Reuters hit again with a, uh, I think an Obama-appointed judge on another case uh, to kind of threaten people. Could it possibly, she, she not check with, could she have sent that without checking in with Katie Hobbs, and particularly raising this, concept of criminal penalties for supervisors? Well, Steve, it's difficult to say. As you noted, Corey Lorick is the deputy, the top elections deputy to Katie Hobbs, who is the secretary of state. It's unlikely, however, that any major threat of legal action from her office would go out without her approval. Obviously, there's no internal record that's been released of whether Corey Lorick spoke to Katie Hobbs before sending this letter. And of course, as you mentioned, the conflict of interest is certainly one to note. But um, I don't think that it could have gone out without Katie Hobbs at least signing off on the threat of legal action. She already has been pretty public about suing Cochise County, which the lawsuit for which was concluded yesterday and which led to the certification of the votes later. But I don't think that this could have gone out without Katie Hobbs having at least some tacit agreement beforehand, if not afterwards. In your reporting, as you've gotten the facts and broken this exclusive with the emails, does it, in your reporting, does it look like these two counties were, based on the facts as you know them, compelled to certify this election, sir? Oh, yes, absolutely. They were compelled. The supervisors who've gone on the record, who've spoken about the notices and the letters they received, said that they would not have proceeded were it not for these letters. They've said very clearly that they was under duress. That's what Ron Gold said in his video. I don't think that they would have voted to certify on November the 28th had these letters and threats of legal action and criminal prosecution not been received. They, of course, wanted to conduct some due diligence, listen to voters, hold hearings, find, try to wait, find a way to figure out what sort of the facts were regarding the procedures followed on November the 8th election, and then perhaps vote to certify. So it's fair to say that they were compelled by these legal threats in order to do so. Given that, Arjun, I think Monday may be the date that they're going to go through at least the first phase of, of uh, the 6th of uh, December the, of um, the certification, what they call a canvas. And they're talking about in the law, you've got this, how you can contest it. In your reporting, how wild is it going to get next week? In other words, we're a long way from this thing being over. In your reporting, what do you sense is going to happen next week in the legal realm, uh, in the political realm about this contested election? Well, what comes next is difficult to say because both Cochise and Mojave, legally speaking right now, have already certified the results of their vote. Um, in the case of Cochise, it was done later. In the case of Mojave, it was done by the deadline. And so whether they could say, you know, challenge the Secretary of State's office in court, suggest that they were pressured to do so, they were voting under duress, and that somehow affects the validity, it's difficult to say, and it's difficult to, note where, to see whether a judge would agree with them because effectively the issue is in their eyes now moves, of course, some would say. So that's a big thing to talk about. But with respect to what comes next on the sta at the state level, 
uh, it's the state that ultimately has to sort of do the final canvas of the results on December the 5th and the 6th. And so whether some action could come from the Arizona state legislature, the Republicans over there, whether the governor's office, which there's currently a Republican governor, Doug Ducey, whether others could act at the state level to basically have Cochise and Mojave counties views heard to perhaps pause until they proceed further. That's something that the state level official officials of the Republican Party and elected officials will have to decide. But as for the counties, it's difficult to see them sort of having a path to move forward on legally speaking. Politically, of course, they can continue to make statements about their duress. But uh, legally speaking, it's a done deal from their end. Arjun, how do people follow you at The Daily Caller and how do they follow you on social media? Well, thank you very much, Steve. Uh, my Twitter handle is Arjun S. Writings. That's Arjun S. Writings. It's where we po- it's where I keep posting my exclusives, my tips. We at the Daily Caller, of course, are very much on this story because the story is not going away. There's certainly a lot of questions that people are asking about Arizona and about other states. And we at the Daily Caller are definitely here to report on all of that, as well as all the facts as they come out. No, the Daily Caller has been incredible on, on this story, and it's a global story. So Arjun Singh from the Daily Caller, thank you very much for joining us here in the War Room. Thank you, Steve. Happy to be here. Let me bring in Carrie Lake. Uh, Carrie, you just heard it right there. You know, Arjun and the Daily Caller, it's Tucker's uh, operation. They're pretty on top of things, and they got exclusive. They got the receipts here. What do you have to say about when you have two counties the size of Cochise and Mojave that have essentially been compelled under threat of criminal prosecution in Mojave's case and, of course, this huge fight they've had down at Cochise where they wouldn't even let them finish their due diligence, uh, being compelled to certify this election, ma'am? I wish I could tell you it surprises me, but it doesn't, Steve. I mean, this is akin to making a vote with a gun to your head. I mean, they were under duress, and I don't know how that even holds up, and I'm glad to see that we have some patriots who are willing to fight. Let's talk about disenfranchisement for a bit. We're talking a lot about the voters disenfranchised in Maricopa County, and that's what's really at the crux of all of this. But think about the voters in all of these other counties, these smaller, 14 other smaller counties in Arizona, where the rest of the, what, 38% of Arizona lives. And their voters have been disenfranchised by the shenanigans that happened on Election Day in Maricopa County. And so these board of supervisors are just trying to get to the bottom of it. They want some answers, just as we do, as to what happened on Election Day. I don't know how you can look at what happened in Maricopa County, where more than half of the voting locations, the polling locations, basically went down at some point or another with equipment failing, printers not working. These are ballot printers. Uh, you know, tabulators spitting out the ballots all day long, people waiting in three and four and even five hour lines and only to show up, vote, have their ballots spit out and then be told to send the, the ballot over to this drawer where, where they're going to count it. You know, trust us, we'll count your ballot. This is a debacle and we need to fight this. We need to fight this and get to the bottom of it. If we cannot move forward with trust in our election system, we've got a real problem in this country. And Arizona has been called upon to fix this and make sure that moving forward, we have honest elections and we figure out what happened in 2020 or 22, rather. We've we got about a minute here and we're holders of the break. You warned about this. In fact, I think you've sent letters. You, you, you try to have press conferences about the conflict of interest. And here we had her deputy sent a letter threatening, threatening criminal prosecution to compel them to certify an offer from my Patriot Supply. They're knocking off 25% on their four-week emergency food kit. That's 25% off the four-week emergency food kit. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com right now to get this great deal. My Patriot Supply is charging less so they can help American families more. This amazing price. So get it while you can. These days, you can't depend on anything else but yourself for survival. Get this food today. You'll be grateful for it tomorrow. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and save 25% on each four-week emergency supply food kit. Your orders ship fast and free. Don't wait for the shelves to be empty. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com right now. MyPatriotSupply.com. Host Stephen K. Bass. 
Okay, here's the reason that Carrie Lake is such a threat. It's not just the dynamic personality. It's not just the charisma. It's not the empathy and the way she was it. George Bernard Shaw said only connect, right? The boom, that that was the key thing. Her connection with people, uh, unlike anybody I've ever seen except for President Trump. It's not that. It's not simply that. The reason they're after is something else. It's the ability to look, as we talk about here, over the other side of the hill. There are two things that have happened in the last couple of days that show that, right? The ability to look downrange and to think things through. Remember, in the fog of war, that's the key that's that's necessary. One is this Katie Hobbs situation. And now Arjun Singh and the team over at Daily Caller and they're to be complimented about bringing the receipts. Everybody's we've got that in all the chat rooms. Everybody's got to read that story and you have to share that story, particularly in the story where they actually have the emails. Now, Katie Hobbs deputy, uh, Corey Lorick, you know, sent these threatening emails and actually bring in criminal sanctions and criminal charges because they know the weapon. They'll go to lawfare in a second. Because they will go there. They play Smash Mouth. This is like Stalin. Right? They've taken the model of the CCP. This is what Mark Elias and these guys, it's pure Smash Mouth all the time. What Carrie Lake warned about, she said, hey, how can we, how can we possibly have Katie Hobbs, uh, as Secretary of State, when there's going to be these massive conflicts downrange? She could see what was going to happen in November of 2022 when her deputy sent, and you heard, the reason I play that and jump all over it, I've never heard any elected official in the United States of America at an open mic saying I'm compelled to vote this way because I've been threatened with a class, what, a class six felony and being prosecuted on the same thing you, you get child molesters for. In addition, she months ago went to court about the same issues that are in Cochise County right now, this whole situation about these machines, that uh, how, how they had to be maintained, the whole deal. And in that fight, she's fighting for what was she could tell was going to happen here. And guess what? A judge ruled against her. But then he waited to drop this bomb of lawfare sanctions in the middle of this, which people think, well, hang on. Is this what's happened the last couple of days? This is pure intimidation. But it's the way they roll. Hey, and I say with the Republican Party and the, and the MAGA movement, you got to fight fire with fire. They come in hard and they come in hot and they do not back off. Carrie Lake, tell us about the sanctions, because sanctions is another weapon, another tool they have in the toolbox. Yeah, it, it's just uh, if it's allowed to stand, it will have a chilling effect on this case, on any election case, on any future case. And, you know, five months ago, we brought this case. We've, we warned. We said these uh, these electronic voting machines are a nightmare. We don't know how they work. They, the companies won't tell us how they work. They've got software that's problematic. They're not transparent. And we had five experts on those uh, on those machines that we had testimony from. And they threw it out, said that we didn't have standing. Imagine a candidate and a voter who doesn't have standing. So they threw it out. Now, if they were going to sanction, they should have done so then. They waited until the eve of us putting forth our lawsuit, which is coming probably by the end of next week. And they sanctioned our attorneys on that. And, and, and what they're trying to do, Steve, is send a big message to any attorney who gets involved in this ever important election. We've got to fight what happened in this election for the people of this state, and of this country. And they're trying to say, don't you dare get involved, back down, or we will come after you. We'll come after your license to practice law. We'll come after your ability to earn a living. It is absolutely disgusting. We are going to appeal it. My attorneys are going to appeal it and we have to appeal it by the way that case that we brought forth five months ago trying to get rid of these electronic voting machines because we could see this happening we could see this happening we've got that on appeal as well these voting machines are disastrous our sacred vote is being trampled we showed up on election day and they didn't even work in many locations and we can't have this happen again so we need to we need to fight back this is not this is not carrie lake saying this this was a Bill Gates going to the to the to the microphone in the very first opening salvo of uh, of election day. This is thousands and tens of thousands of people complaining and signing affidavits about the machines. This is Cochise County yeah. Board of Supervisors saying, "Hey, we really don't know if we can do this now because we really have to do our own inspection of the machines." And Katie Hobbs and That's Mark why Elias they were elected. That's why they were elected to do the work for their people. 
and to stand up for the people. This is not about me. I've said this all along, Steve. I'm just one voter, but I care deeply about Arizona. It is not fun to be in the middle of this, but we have no other choice. I have no other choice but to stand up and fight right now for the people of Arizona. If I don't, who will? Who will? Look, look, look at and the, they're look asking. At the people are asking me. The arrogance of uh, of uh, Cochise County, the Cochise County guy said, hey, what we want is Katie Hobbs to come down here and present to us about these machines and other processes and procedures to make sure our voters are not disenfranchised. Mark Elias then gets a couple of groups. He sues. He says the only presentation that the board of supervisors are going to get is in a court of law. Pure smash mouth. This has nothing to do with fair elections, nothing to do with free and transparent elections. This is how they use lawfare. And then to top it off, the cherry on top. And if you bring that case, if you do force us to take you to court, we're going to sanction your attorneys. You see how this works? You see how this works? And that judge, John Tucci, an Obama appointee who worked for a very Democrat uh, law firm that ended up getting pulled into the uh, Perkins Cui, I think is how you pronounce it. They ended up uh, coming together, is the judge making this decision. It's all one big, dirty swamp, in my humble opinion. And we need to stand up right now at this moment. And you talked about uh, me being a politician that, uh, you know, is reaching out to the people. It, it is a movement of, of we the people. And if we let our sacred vote be taken from us with these shoddy, shady elections, I think they're almost fake elections, then we're gone. We're gone as a country. I don't know what choice we have but to stand up and fight right now. And that's why I'm doing this. Perkins Coy was the, uh, is Mark Elias's law firm, former law firm. They're the guys that hardwired the entire 2020 election. Yeah. In fact, the practice I don't got think, so you know, big and so, go ahead, man. He's acting like he's the boogeyman and he's so, he's such a great attorney. I've seen him speak. I, I was actually shocked when I saw him speak. I went, that's the Mark Elias guy. He, he's not very impressive, but when you have, uh, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars behind you, and you have lawfare and you have all of these judges working with you, it's pretty easy to be successful as a lawyer, right? Uh, evil genius is what he is. He's quite, uh, he, he's, he's, uh, they've thought this through. We have to give the devil his due. We need that on our side. Here's the reason they sanction the, in your case, the, because a couple of your senior lawyers are also the ones that are going to file after the certification. And they want to put in the media, the Arizona Republic wants to have in big banner headlines, you know, sanctioned lawyers, right? Lawyers who are sanctioned by a judge. This is, this is totally and completely coordinated with the media, with the courts, with the far left of the Democratic Party, the radical Democrat, and quite frankly, with the McCain establishment who are uh, 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 partners in this. You can't say anything else, but there's been crickets by that group. Go ahead, ma'am. It is one big, massive, infested rat's nest, and it is absolutely uh, going to destroy this country if we don't stand up right now. And you're right. It's a lot of different players. I mean, we go back to before Election Day, all the problems that were going on, and you go to Election Day where I, it, it looks like sabotage. I mean, what, how else do you explain it where on Election Day, all of these, coincidentally, all these machines going down the same way. It wasn't like one machine shorted out. Another machine had uh, problems reading uh, ballots. Another machine, uh, you know, the on-off switch broke down. These are the same exact type of problems on more than half of the uh, of the election polling places, election day polling places. And it sure as heck looks like an attempt to stop our movement. Everybody and their brother knew that our people, our supporters were showing up on election day. And I am I am crestfallen for the voters of the great state of Arizona, many of them. Older people, many of them, young people voting for the first time, veterans who showed up so excited to vote in this election because they had a candidate in me who was truly going to stand up and do their work and do the people's work. And they showed up only to get there and realize, oh, my gosh, this election is being botched. Looks like to me intentionally botched when they couldn't get their their ballot to be read. I saw some grown men leaving in video, leaving these election polling places and they just looked like, oh, my gosh, our country's gone. Our country's gone. When this kind of setup happens over and over and over again, and we're unable to fight it, I will fight this until I will fight. This is a hill we're dying on for me, Steve. And I will I will make it to the top of this hill, and I'll make it to the top of the next hill, and we will bring about fair elections in this state and in this country. 
last thing, you know, we're doing a lot of things on energy and this new bill they're going to put forward for full spectrum energy dominance at the beginning of the uh, of the new term with our the Republican MAGA House. And internationally, we have a lot of people talking about Europe and how it's going down. They're asking our people every time before we come on, tell us what's going on in Arizona. Tell us what's going on in Arizona. How humiliating is this for the great state of Arizona that's now at an inflection point to become a worldwide power in chip production, all high technology, to have this humiliating process that now you have stories where uh, election officials are threatening supervisors and counties with with felonies and prison terms if they don't certify their illegitimate election, ma'am? It's a, it's a humiliating, it's embarrassing, and it, it shows that we need to turn our elections around. We It is a black eye for Arizona, and if we allow this to stand without putting up a fight, I don't know that Arizona can recover from it. I mean, people are telling me, I want to move out of the state. I just can't live in a state where my vote doesn't count, where I have no way to uh, redress and, and deal with with these serious issues that the county won't listen to me. They act like they're listening. They give me two minutes to speak on it. And then they just do what they plan to do where we, the people have no say in repairing such an important vital system, our election system. It's a huge embarrassment. And I think it's going to be a a dangerous to Arizona's future. Where do people uh, follow you, ma'am? Next week's big. They can go to carrylake.com and, uh, you know, if, if you can make a donation there, I hate to even ask, but attorneys don't pay for themselves. We've got great attorneys. They can go to my Twitter, my Getter, my Truth Feed and uh, talk to me there. I know that the people are with me in this fight, Steve. The people are with you, Carrie Lake. There's no doubt about that. Okay, short commercial break. Tom Van Flying, Caroline Wren on the way forward next in the war room. Will the lack of a red wave during the midterms lead to a more emboldened Biden, more wasteful government spending, higher taxes, a deepening of inflation? And how do you protect your hard-earned savings from chaotic financial markets? The answer, by diversifying your retirement savings with real physical precious metals with Birch Gold Group. Text Bannon to 989898 for a free info kit on protecting your savings with gold in a tax-sheltered account. Birch Gold has almost 20 years' experience converting IRAs and 401ks into precious metal IRAs. Text Bandon to 989898 and claim your free, no-obligation info kit. Don't let the left devalue your savings. Own physical gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account from Birch Gold. Birch Gold has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and thousands and thousands of satisfied customers. Text Bandon to 989898 and secure your future with gold. Do it today. Take action. Use your agency. Stephen K. Bass. Okay, we're going to do what we do best here at the War Room, the great production team in Denver, Real America's Voice. Of course, our own uh, folks here at the War Room. We're going to juggle. We've got Tom Van Flying and we've got uh, Caroline Wren in the situation in Arizona and it's uh, building up. We also got the great Mike Davis. Uh, Elon Musk is, <laughs> is pulled a, Hey, we're going to do it at five, but upon further review, it's going to take another 40 minutes to double check some facts. Mike Davis uh, joins us. Mike, I think lawyers might be saying, Hey, Elon, maybe you ought to go, we need a belt, a suspenders, another belt. Here's what's happening is that they're going to release the internal documents on uh, the internal documents about Twitter's suppression of the Hunter Biden laptop from hell in the days leading up to the 2020 election. Mike Davis, give us your assessment of this, because you, you, you've you preached the gospel of we got to take on the big tech oligarchs, Twitter being one of them. And Elon Musk is actually inside the wire right now. People know I'm no fan of Musk, but he's inside the wire and he's blowing things up every day. Mike Davis. Well, what Elon Musk is doing is pretty bold and courageous, Steve, but uh, he's going to take some incoming fire on this. Uh, he's going to expose that that big tech colluded to swing the election for Biden. They, they know that this this laptop provided that it had damning smoking gun evidence that Biden uh, was on the Chinese and Ukrainian payrolls along with his son, Hunter, along with Biden's brother, James, and the New York Post was going to run this story. And so they, the, they called it Russian disinformation and they shut it down. They shut down the oldest newspaper in America, the New York Post, and they started 
they started uh, deleting accounts on Twitter and Facebook and all over big tech uh, for anyone who dared to report what was happening here. And there's no question that if the American people would have read what was on that laptop before November 2020, there is no way that President Biden would be sitting in the White House right now. The reason this is so contentious, the management's going to have liability. The old board of directors is going to have liability. I mean, this is this is as dicey as it gets. Uh, as everybody knows, we worked on that with the great Rudy Giuliani and Bernie Carrick and the great lawyer Bob Costello with uh, the New York Post team. And you got to remember, that's Rupert Murdoch and his lawyers. They know something. They own all these tabloids in England. They know what they're doing. They went through this thing with a fine-tooth comb because they understood the incoming they were going to take. And Biden sat there, Mike Davis, and looked the American people in the eye, and he lied to the American people. He said it was a Russian disinformation claim, correct? Yeah, and then they got all the the spooks and the intel agency to write that letter uh, backing it up, saying it was a Russian dis, disinformation disinformation campaign. It just it goes to show you when the left talks about disinformation, misinformation, that means we're over the target, and they were over the on this Hunter Biden laptop. It's, it's smoking gun evidence. I would be surprised. I would, I would be, I would not be surprised if Biden uh, does not face tremendous pressure from his own party. Who knows? Maybe he won't even last for the rest of his term. You, I want to pull the camera back for a second. This is what you've been warning about that. We have to get serious about these tech oligarchs. You have companies like Google and Facebook and Amazon and Twitter that are just too powerful. They're, 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 they have so much more power than anybody envisioned. They've paid off everybody in DC. This is why you're such a, people don't realize the bravery of Mike Davis because, uh, the city is awash in CCP cash and it's awash in, uh, with the margins these companies have, it's awash in big tech cash, sir. Yeah, I mean, when you grow up with red hair, Steve, you, you're used to just getting the crap beat out. So I don't, it doesn't bother me at all. But I'll tell you, it's Google, Amazon, Facebook, and Apple. Those are the online gate- gatekeepers. They, you know, Apple's a $2 trillion company. Google, Amazon, Facebook are trillion dollar companies. They could crush Twitter instantly if they want to. They, just like they did to Parler. Remember what happened with Parler? There was Twitter that was, it was the old Twitter that was controlled by the woke left. And people said, if you don't like Twitter, build your own. So Parler did. And they quickly got a $1.3 billion valuation. So what happened? They blamed Parler for January 6th, even though the protests were organized yeah. on Facebook. Google and Apple kicked Parler out of the App Store duopoly, and Amazon kicked Parler off the Internet. We have to update and enforce our century-old antitrust laws so we can break up big tech's gatekeeping power so they do not have the ability to crush Twitter like they did to Parler. Do I have the Nicole Wallace? Can I play? I want to, before I let you go, and we're going to go back to Arizona with Caroline Rent and Tom Van Flying on this fiasco there. And I know you've been covering, they've been watching that closely, Mike, but I want to play. This is how the mainstream media is now going to pivot this. Watch this. This happened a moment ago on MSNBC. Please watch this. Is Twitter a national security threat? Well, you know, online radicalization, whether it's radicalization to violence that is promoted by foreign terrorist organizations like the Islamic State, or whether it's radicalization to extremist violence uh, based on anti-Semitism, anti-LGBTQ, racist comments, we know uh, the, the statistics show it, the evidence show it, and our real world examples show it, that this kind of online uh, extremism leads to radical... They went from from an apparatus they loved and rubbed up against to and controlled to now, Mike Davis, is Twitter a national security threat? There wasn't... There's no discussion about being a national security threat when they literally suppressed information about the Chinese Communist Party having the Biden family on the payroll, okay? Leading up in the weeks leading up, we know from all the polling... If people had known that, including Democrats, Joe Biden wouldn't have been able to steal the 2020 election. Okay. This is how severe it is. Yet now, sir, starting this afternoon, when, when Elon Musk is going to put forward the internal receipts, it's a national security threat. Mike Davis. Yeah. And so Elon Musk must be a Russian disinformation agent. I, I think that's what the left calls anyone they don't like. TikTok is controlled by China. TikTok is a Chinese spying device. You never hear the Democrats, you never hear the Washington Post, you never hear the New York Times, you never hear the left complaining about TikTok. 
and their Chinese influence. But all of a sudden, this South African, Elon Musk, brings free speech back to Twitter, and all of a sudden, it's a national security threat. It goes to show you what the left's thinking is. If they can't control the narrative, if they, if they can't censor content moderation or censor under the guise of misinformation and disinformation, which means the you know the the, the hard truth, if they can't censor, if they can't uh, do content moderation, they think it's a national security threat. It's a threat to the Democrat Party because they know if the American people find out the truth that they're not going to win. Mike, how do people uh, get you on social media? You're doing a hit. Everybody's got to watch Laura Ingram tonight. Uh, Mike is going to be on the Laura Ingram show. You don't want to miss that. How do the, people get to you on social media, sir? It's article3project.org, article3project.org, and then it's at Article number three project at article three project on getter Twitter truth. And my personal is M R D D M I A M R D D M I A. Thank you, Steve. You're fighting the good fight, sir. Thank you very much. Let's go to, I've got Carolyn Wren and I've got, I think let's take Tom. He's on the phone. Let's take Tom. Uh, Tom uh, um, let's go to Carolyn Wren first. Carolyn, uh, tell us what people, everybody's kind of hanging now on uh, tenter hooks about what's going to happen. They've come and sanctioned your lawyers. Van Fly is going to walk us through that. They're trying to chop block you out of the gates. This this forced certification under compulsion. They're compelling counties to forcibly certify elections they don't want to certify. And the whole world sees it. The emails, all that. What is the path forward starting on Monday or Tuesday next week when we can go to the next phase of this? Your entire movement is waiting to hear the answer. Well, you're right on the shake. I mean, what Katie Hobbs is doing right now in an effort to obtain power is tyrannical. It's it's banana republic on a a next level. I mean, she's shaking down counties, asking for answers about what occurred on Election Day, and she's threatening them with jail time if they don't comply with her wishes. And it's like she's in a mafia movie or something. And it's not even that she's not even seeking an election at this point. They're seeking a coronation. And we don't care what the media says. We don't care what twice convicted racist Katie Hobbs says. Hobbs says if this process was illegitimate, then so are the results. And Katie Hobbs is using language to intimidate these board of supervisors into certifying an election that, you know, the language that cannot be found in any Arizona election statute. It, you can't find it, though, verbatim from Mark Elias's legal findings. That's really where this is being driven. And, you know, our founders warned us about this type of tyranny. In fact, James Madison said that the accumulation of all powers, legislative, executive, and judiciary, in the same hands, whether of one, a few, or many, and whether hereditary, self-appointed, or elective, may justly to be pronounced the very definition of tyranny. And that is what we're seeing right now. Katie Hobbs is attempting to be the judge, jury, and executioner in Arizona elections, and that's not how a constitutional republic works. So what, understanding that they're playing smash mouth, they got Mark Elias, they're threatening Cochise County, which you warned about on the machines. They got Mojave. Uh, they have intimidated everybody and they're rolling right. towards this coronation. How do we, what is the next phase that, that we go on offense? The next thing, I mean, this is in the hands of our attorneys right now, and we have a, a great confidence in them, you know, less confidence, obviously, in the courts. What they did with the courts, which Tom is going to talk about later, was clearly an intimidation factor. They're trying to intimidate our attorneys, intimidate, intimidate any lawyer who's willing to put their name on a a lawsuit are on our behalf or whoever files a behalf and say you're going to be threatened with sanctions. But you know what? We... We have to stand up and fight. We can't be scared of these people. We can't just walk away. The grassroots movement that Carrie created in Arizona was truly historic. I mean, she captured an energy that drew interest from voters of all backgrounds and all political persuasions. But in Maricopa County, democracy doesn't die in darkness. It gets taken away from the people in broad daylight. And I I think back, Steve, to the partisan press, if you remember, they were writing Katie Hobbs' obituary weeks in advance of Election Day. The the real core politics polling average was three and a half points that had Carrie Lake up. But what happened on Election Day was nothing short of historic voter disenfranchisement that changed the outcome of this election. And they were a lot less subtle this time, I will say, than they were in 2020. And we're going to take it to the courts. And the attorneys are going to fight this. And they cannot stop this movement that Carrie Carrie Lake has. They just can't do it. Uh, Caroline, how do people get to you on social media? Because this thing's heating up over the weekend and it's going to get white hot starting Monday, Tuesday next week. How do people follow you? Sure. They can follow me at, at Caroline Wren and on Getter, Truth Social, or uh, Twitter. Thank you very much, man. Appreciate it. Thank okay. you. Okay. One of the 
one of the best guys. I've known this guy for a long time, back in the days of Sarah Palin, when Sarah Palin first came on the scene, Tom Van Flying. Tom, you're one of the attorneys here. Uh, this, uh, they, they have a weapon and it's called sanctions of attorneys and it's trying to get, it's trying to intimidate the legal profession. Why, what happened and why did this thing drop, this sanction just drop in the middle of what we're working on now? Well, the timing is interesting, Steve, because uh, the judges had months and months to issue a ruling like this. And uh, whether that was deliberate or the judge was just busy, but the timing is suspicious uh, because of what's going on right now. But you got to keep in mind, <clears throat> sanctions against attorneys and litigants is pretty rare. In every lawsuit, there's going to be a winner and a loser. Litigation is a zero-sum game. So you you cannot just routinely sanction the losing party. That's not how American litigation works. You have to do something as a lawyer or a litigant that is deemed bad faith or frivolous, or you just filed a claim with no research whatsoever. In the case that was filed earlier this year, uh, Carrie Lake and Mark Fincham had four or five experts. They had a legal theory laid out that in reading the judge's sanction order, I don't think the judge fully appreciated because one of the reasons for sanctioning uh, the lawyers and, and he almost sanctioned the litigants was the saying that, well, they admit they vote on paper ballots. The lawsuit was to go to paper ballots. Well, that is disingenuous because those paper ballots had to then be fed into a tabulator machine. And that's what the lawsuit was really about, whether it should right. be fed into a machine where it was subject to adjudication and other issues. And so for the judge to say it was frivolous because they know themselves that there's a, a, a paper ballot because they voted before is, to me, disingenuous and a way for the court to make it look more to make it look frivolous when it wasn't. Tom, um, Tom, just, yeah. hang, on, just um, hang on one second. We're going to take a short commercial break. We're we'll back with Tom Van Flying about the situation in Arizona next in the war room. A lot of people complain about the state of our country or the way woke corporations treat us and their employees. But it's not enough to complain. We need to change the way the marketplace works. And that starts with you and where you spend your money. In less than a year, Public SQ has grown to be the largest platform of patriotic, freedom-loving businesses the world has ever seen. Whether you want to support a restaurant that only buys from local farms, a coffee shop that took a stand against COVID mandates, or a bank that would never counsel you, counsel you for your political views, Public SQ is your guide. There's also interactive, sensor-free community groups where you can connect with other local members. Here's the best part. It's absolutely, totally free to join. Just go to publicsq.com. That's publicsq.com. Public, the word, the letters sq.com, and download the app today, totally free. Simply create an account and begin your search. You can also list your business for free, so your local community can start to support you. We can't always change the world, but we can change how and where we spend our hard-earned dollars. Begin your search at Public Square today. Go to publicsq.com. That's publicsq.com. The new social media taking on big tech, protecting free speech, and canceling cancel culture. Join the marketplace of ideas. The platform for independent thought has arrived. Superior technology. No more selling your personal data. No more censorship. No more cancel culture. Enough. Getter has arrived. It's time to say what you want the way you want. Download now. Okay, um, we're going to do a, a Getter uh, live on uh, War Room starting at 8 o'clock. Jane Zirkel with some amazing guests will announce in the next hour regarding Brazil. I will be part of that, but Jane will be running this, uh, Grace Chung, Captain Ben, and everybody. And we had 27,000 in the middle of the night uh, participants in the Neuralink, the Elon Musk. So um, make sure you check out Getter. It's totally free. Just download the app, get on there, get into our, all of our news feeds. You'll be updated constantly. Also, MyPillow.com, promo code WAR. Remember, you can't get Mike Lindell anywhere. You can't get him at Walmart, at Big Box. Why? Because Mike Lindell, he was part of this suit 
that they're talking about and um, uh, th- this this sanction where the lawyer got sanctioned. Lindell's been fighting all over the country. That's where Big Box is trying to destroy him. They're trying to put his company into bankruptcy. Uh, and so if you're a War Room Posse member over the Christmas season, you're going to give a gift to somebody that also is a Posse member. Give them a gift from MyPillow.com. Promo code War Room. Go check it out today. We still got the up to 80% inventory clearance sale going on and t- tons of gifts for the Christmas seasons. Go check it out. Tom Van Flyn is one of the top lawyers around. Tom, the timing of this and the sanctions, and you said this was far from frivolous. You had experts that they had on technology. It was the first time I really understood the machines was really looking, you know, sitting down with those experts you had. So you had these experts that need it. It's, it's the big problem in Cochise County now. They're being compelled and forced to do this against their will. The same issue that you guys brought up six months ago. So it's certainly not frivolous. It's the heart of this issue and the breakdown of Maricopa County. It's far from frivolous, but the legal part of it's such ridiculous, but it's also what they're doing is very sophisticated in the media part. They want They dropped it over the, in the last two days of this week because they want to be able to say next week, when you actually go to the contest, the elections part that, Oh, look at her lawyers. They would just sanction for a frivolous lawsuit. The Arizona Republic is going to put that in a massive bold headline right at the top, right? Because they're playing information war and lawfare at the same time. Tom Van Flyn, your thoughts and analysis. That is absolutely correct. The timing is perfect for that. And they'll probably misconstrue it and just conflate this current case ruling with the next case, which is a different lawsuit altogether based on different issues and different facts and different legal theories. And probably in their coverage, they won't write facts. They'll just put opinion in their article and they will suggest or imply that it's the same suit they're bringing it again. They already got tossed out and it will undermine the credibility of the next lawsuit and undermine the, the image of the, and the talent of the lawyers that Kerry has working on this. And the judge says as much, by the way, in the order. That's what makes this very curious. At the end of the order, the judge basically says, I'm imposing sanctions because we de- want to deter any cases like this that could threaten the integrity of the electoral process in the in the eye of the public. So he is relitigating 2020 and he is making a comment that was not involved in this case. People have a right to bring lawsuits. In fact, Stephen, on this particular lawsuit, this is more like a public interest lawsuit. Uh, neither Kerry nor Mark Fincham were asking for money or damages for themselves where they had a personal financial interest in the outcome. That is where a case of sanctions often applies. However, in public interest litigation, which is what this is, the courts almost never sanction people because they are, there's a public policy involved of encouraging people to take yes. issue with public policy through the courts and to challenge laws, even if they lose. They normally don't punish the, the, the parties in public interest litigation. This is very unusual and it's also unusual to impugn the, the lawyer like that as, as it does under uh, uh, USC Section 27, where sanctions were imposed directly against counsel. And that is highly unusual. And the, the judge gave it away in the end of the order where he says, I'm trying to, you know, I'm sanctioning you because yeah. we don't want any more litigation about election integrity. And that is wrong. That should be reviewed on appeal and I hope reversed. It's going to be, but the, the timing is about now because the fight is the judge, hey, note to judge, Rasmus in every poll knows this thing in Arizona, not simply stinks to high heaven, but is illegal and illegitimate. And Katie Hobbs is just like Biden, illegal and illegitimate. And we're going to fight well, that a, every day. Tom, a do you have social media? Tom, yeah, go ahead, sir. Oh, I was going to say, and, and I don't know if you've discussed the, the law on conflict of interest in Arizona, yeah, but it, it's a two-step. Uh, can you hear me? Oh, it's no, two keep, keep going, Tom. Okay, it's a two-step process under the Arizona Conflict of Interest Law. If you are a public official charged with carrying out a duty, but you might get a financial or pecuniary gain out of it, uh, you can't act on that matter. You have to recuse yourself. That's like a zoning board official who has land at issue. You cannot vote on your own zoning appeal, right? So in this case, the pecuniary interest for Katie Hobbs is she has the potential for a governor's salary and a governor's job for four years. So she has a pecuniary interest. She clearly is involved in the decision-making, is in cur- currently metaphorically holding a gun to the head of the supervisors saying, you will vote yes, or I will have you thrown in jail, or have you sued in, in other capacities. And that just 
demonstrates the conflict here. The remedy under Arizona law is a broad remedy. You have to undo the action that was taken by the public official. In this case, you'd have to have a whole new election. I don't have any faith that a court would ever order that under the current circumstances. You see the kind of judging that has shown a lack of courage and enforcement of the law since 2020. So uh, good, good luck with that. But in, in any event, she had a clear uh, conflict of interest, in my opinion. And the judge in this case on the sanctions order was clearly sending a message to people, you will not bring litigation to challenge these election laws uh, or you will pay the price. Tom, how do people follow you on social media? You're on social media at all? Very little, but I have a Twitter, at Vanfline, V-A-N-F-L-E-I-N. Okay, brother. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Um, Thank you. Okay, we've got another hour, and it's packed. We're going to have uh, coverage of the uh, of Elon Musk at 6 o'clock. He's going to put it out. Also, they're in court right now in Arizona. We're going to have an update on that. We're also going to get to this Delaware situation. There was a county in Delaware that can't uh, – that couldn't um, couldn't certify because it ran out of ballots, but there's another county that went from red to blue, Delaware County. We're going to talk about that. Also, Crom, I got Crom Carmichael come back from this morning. We said had such a strong outpouring of war room posse uh, about uh, about salty. I just want to make sure everybody understands the process you have to go to. And we've got so much more. We got Matthew Tiermont of Brazil. We have a big Brazil um, live feed tonight on Getter. There's a lot going on on a Friday. Uh, we've only begun to fight here, so we want you to hang around for the second hour. Short commercial break back in a moment. War Room Posse, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplug Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone, including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger, better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash warroom to install the Unplugged suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code warroom at checkout to save 67%. Do it again. Warroomhealth, all one word, warroomhealth.com. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today, check it out.